feel this week might be the week that when they do a VH1 special of Behind the Podcast. Does VH1 still exist? I'm pretty sure it does. I know MTV Oh, oh My God exists. <laughs> MTV OMG. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. There is an MTV Music as well because MTV's gone full circle and gone so far away from music. They've had to create a, a TV channel called MTV Music. This is not where I thought this was leading. It's not where it was meant to lead. <laughs> so when VH1 do a special... Of Behind the Podcast. Right. I think this week is the week where the music's going to change and this is where it all went wrong for our podcast. Why? Because you said to me that we need to start watching normal people at a different pace. Oh, oh I wondered if you might bring this up. And I feel this is the end of our, of our loving marriage. <laughs> and the end of the podcast as we know it. Yes. We're no longer watching TV together. The ironic thing is we are up to still up to exactly the same point. That's a bit weird, isn't it? How have you managed to do that? Because you were like on episode two last time I checked and now you're on episode five. So can I explain why I said to you, go ahead with your ardent desire to watch normal people. Yes. Because you were just so... You were angry that we weren't watching more episodes. And then you just looked a little bit sad. So I said to you, carry on. Mm. I don't mind if you go ahead. I need time for this. I needed some space away from it. I think I found it so affecting. Are you going to me? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be a thing, wouldn't it? i just wait until we sit down... Get the little microphone out and mm. go, actually, Mark, now's the time I need to tell you something. No, I mean the blooming TV show, man. Um, yeah, I find it really affecting. I've thought a lot about why I find it affecting, and I think it's... Oh, I think I think that's one to save for the season, for the for when we actually oh, cover the show. All right, then. <laughs> okay. It's just that big hand just appeared out of nowhere. Let's start. But, yeah, that's my, my reasoning for it is... I find okay. it, 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 sometimes it makes me feel quite low in my mood. Oh. So, yeah, I'll not go into too much, but I need time to think about it. And I find it so emotional that I can't just consume it all in one go. Hmm. However, I am up to where you're up to. I'm up to episode six and you're up to episode six, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Because I had a bit of a lie down upstairs this afternoon and I watched one episode and I couldn't stop watching okay. a few others. Right. So I have now stopped it. I came down early because I thought, I'm just going to keep watching this and watching this. And I'll do what I normally do is I'll skip through episodes and yeah. Mm. So yes. I'd be fuming if you'd gone further than me. <laughs> so we're both up to episode six. Yes. We haven't actually discussed it. So that's quite interesting. No, well, I think that's right. Especially if watching it? it separately. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's other things today that we've not uh, discussed, which yeah. I'm quite <laughs> interested to. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. should we talk television? Let's do it. Right. Are you ready? Yes. Should we talk about should we talk about the thing that's been hanging over our marriage for the past week? Oh no. Is it Westworld? It's Westworld. Yeah, go on then. I don't think I want to talk about it. <laughs> so it's not been any secret. I think I mention it on pretty much every podcast that mm. I've not been enjoying this season. No. But in the week running up to this episode, I had somewhat of a revelation in that oh my god. I can just see it now. Nolan and Joy are going to pull this off. And I'm going to have to go into a rant about how, as much as I enjoyed it, it's not going to be worth sitting through seven hours of bad TV 
to a one final twist. And then we watched it. Mm. And it was terrible. It was awful. It looked amazing. Let's start with the positives. I don't think it did look amazing. <laughs> I have to be honest. I think it looked like Fight Club Light. Okay. Okay. I mean, we're not going to spoil this. We're not. No. But there we is... have, we've mentioned before that there mm. was some Matrix references. Yeah. I felt that it, it, it keyed into those late 90s films there me. are some scenes of civil unrest mm, at certain points mm-hmm. and i agree that didn't seem very dangerous no it seemed like a big game of british bulldog rather than it was so small actually, and yeah there was no, and this has been my problem with westworld mm. this i know you're saying we're starting with the positives but while we're on this subject I just feel like we haven't really gone anywhere. You know, the parks always felt these big vistas and you always felt there was something else around the corner and then maybe there's a different park with a different theme. I feel this series has been very small and very locked down. Yeah. And I don't feel like I've gone anywhere on any sort of adventure. So, going back to the end of season two, mm. I think that at the... I remember saying to you afterwards, I just wish they would tell a linear narrative. None of the tricks just sell a really good story. I'm now more convinced that these twists and layers upon layers of misinformation and pulling the rug out from people with things that you couldn't possibly have worked out yourself in a way of trying to beat the internet and trying to beat the message boards and Reddit and everything. That is all they've got. Because this season was really bad. I, I don't think that is all they've got. I think the earlier seasons were very character-based, as well mm. as having the action, as well as having the puzzle box elements to it. I thought it was a beautiful mix. Mm. There were characters I really cared about. I wanted to see them. There were characters now that I still think about and think, oh, you know, it's a shame they haven't come back. Or, you know, mm. the acting was beautiful at times and you know really powerful i think people like bernard for example jeffrey wright's characterization of bernard has always been incredibly complex and incredibly lyrical yeah i don't think you can take that away from them i don't think you can just say the puzzle box element was the only thing it had going for it because it didn't it but it 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 leveled it up for me i got all these characters plus this plot with this, yeah, it's more linear, yes. I mean, there are still twists and turns and complexities in it, in this series, but just not to the level that we've had previously. But this series, I didn't care about the characters that I have cared for mm. in the past. I think part of that is that instead of a puzzle box this season... Nolan and Joy were deliberately deliberately vague with people's motivations. And for me, I think I find that very hard to attach to a character. Totally agree. We've had seven weeks of characters that we've known and known for now three seasons walking around doing stuff, but we were deliberately not really shown why. Mm-hmm. All the time, I thought, I just don't care. And that might be, it might be that this is just too highbrow for me. I don't think it is. Oh, it might be that it's just run its course. That yeah. was what I was thinking. Has it just mm. run its course? Did we just watch... Obviously, season two, you didn't like as much as I did, but had, did we just watch Tuesday and should it just have ended there? And have we gone into season three thinking, 
well, okay, you know, maybe this just isn't for us anymore. Maybe we've moved on to other Mm. things. Maybe we're watching better things and comparing it to that. But we've always really enjoyed this. We've enjoyed the characters. We've enjoyed pulling it apart. And there was something so lacking. And when we watched the final episode, I don't think I spoke for quite a while. And I went up to bed and I was just really sad. I thought it was like you had just found out a bit of bad news. I had to go over to you and say, are you, are you okay? Do, do we need to talk about this? Because I can't cope with you being this sad. I think I said, I'm just very sad. Mm. <laughs> Which shows how much it sort of meant, as much as, you know, I'm always saying this, but as much as TV shows can mean something. But for us, they have been a sense of escapism for, you know, particularly tough times. And it has meant quite a bit to me, Westworld, and... I think I said to, to you at the time, I feel like I've lost the ability to get excited about something. That was the exciting mm. thing, the thing we got up. I mean, why we did it, I have no idea. But we got up at five o'clock in the morning to watch it before we went to work. This is what we used to do with this show because we were excited to watch it and then to listen to the podcasts about it yeah. and to read the analysis. And, you know, I've got something like five podcasts about Westworld. Mm on my phone and I've always enjoyed listening to other people's opinions but with this I was listening to the podcast after the finale to learn what had happened and not just to go oh okay that's something that I didn't quite get but podcasters that we love were keyed into the entertainment industry and were able to ask Nolan and Joy or the other producers my understanding is there were other people leading the show here not just Mm. nolan and joy who seem to from the information that um people like joanna robinson from vanity fair have have discovered and imparted to us that there's been some movement in the behind the scenes of it all and that other people are saying oh this was my choice to do this so maybe it wasn't nolan and joy but that means they've stepped away from it and that means maybe we've lost something so yeah i'm rambling now but i i went and listened to those podcasts and found out information that I just don't think was there. It was additional information. So I I think that's very interesting because the two podcasts I've listened to mm. were actually quite positive on the season as a whole. And which which podcast so are you talking about? Bold Move, Van, Bold Move, and Vanity mm. Fair. Okay. And I found that interesting because they are people who professionally review television Mm -hmm. and are able to spend three hours on Reddit looking up every theory, checking out sort of the hive mind um, to try and work out what's going on. Mm. And I've heard instances where they've reported things that they've read as actual facts, which have turned out to not be the case. (laughs) Make of that what you will. Yeah. If this is the type of TV show where you need to spend that much homework yeah. to do it, that, that's just bad writing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been reflected in the ratings as mm. well because this is not holding, this is not attracting people. And yet we're going to have more series coming. I'm not. Are you not going to watch? Is that, have you made a decision? If you are going mm. to watch it, I will watch, I will be in the room when it's on mm-hmm. and I will play with my phone and I will wait <laughs> for that. the. For the things that attract me to it. Because there has been maybe two moments that have attracted me all season, mm. both of which were in episode two. Mm. I've got a couple of points to make on, okay, on it. Go. So one of the one of the fun parts in the background is we knew that there were six parks. And we first of all we knew there were Westworld, 
And yeah. in the end of the first season, we saw people fighting in the background that revealed what the next park was. If no one's okay. seen it, I'm not going to say what it yeah, is. Yeah, but... yeah. But there's a there's a website and it's got all you know. Yeah. There's a Westworld web you can go on. You can see that there is. And it's box. it's glitchy on yeah. purpose, so yeah. you can't see what the ones that yeah. haven't been revealed. Yeah. And the second part to revealed wasn't really to my liking, mm. but I can see it was it told a couple of insane stories mm-hmm. on it. The third park, I think they kind of burned. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I'm not going to tell you the thing, but it's mm-hmm. just a luxury hotel. Yeah. The fourth park, they revealed in the first episode this season. Yes, we they've talked about that, hinted didn't at we? what the fifth mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. And then in this finale, they've burned what the sixth park was. Mm. And it was the least interesting thing I've Absolutely. ever seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was like a storytelling narr- narrative that we've seen before, like, Battlestar Galactica had it in ways you've not seen Battlestar Galactica (laughs) so you're nodding uh, Battlestar Galactica yeah but you talk about it a lot so in Battlestar Galactica there are a certain amount of models of the bad guy robots right are based on humans and can replicate themselves infinitely okay some of which are integrated as sleepless agents within the human side right and so throughout the series, it was revealed that people who've been watching mm-hmm. are actually sleeper agents mm-hmm. and it helps drive the narrative of mm-hmm. oh, who's the next who's one, who's the next, the next one. one. Yeah. This have just burned it off. I don't mm-hmm. know how they're going to get past this now mm-hmm. because there's some fun that could be having the fifth park that was revealed. Mm-hmm. But the sixth park reveal was just yeah, really... Just, I don't even know what they were doing. That's how you just get to the point mm-hmm. of like, oh, right. Yeah, I'm just sighing. I'm just going to sigh. Got, What's your other point? I think we need to talk about how 2020 is the year that post credit stings have jumped the shark. Uh, yeah. I mean, no- you know, if you are if you are going to watch, <laughs> which we're like, oh, oh, man, oh, is it a recommendation? Probably not. Um, but if you are going to watch Westworld season three, um, yeah, stick around for the, for the stings. I'm going to use a really odd analogy here. Right. But for me, a post-credit sting mm. is like when we've been out for a nice meal. Oh, God. We've, right. We've, we've ate all the meal. <laughs> and then we we're ushered through to a bar area and serve coffee and little cakes. Petit fours. Oh, I'm glad you went with that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Westworld. Love petty fours. Their post, they had a brilliant post-credit sting mm-hmm. that sets up the next season. They also had a five-minute scene before it that should have been in the main mm. show. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand... There's no possible reason for them to put it beyond the credits. Okay. Other than to, to just try it. and get yeah. someone. It's the second time this has happened. Do you remember Watchmen? The penultimate episode, there was a really weird post credit yes. scene yeah, with Jeremy Irons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just, if you hadn't seen it, mm-hmm. you'd be totally be lost like, in the last episode. Yeah. It was just continuation of the narrative. It wasn't mm-hmm. setting up next season. It wasn't tying off any loose mm-hmm. ends. Mm-hmm. It was just a scene. I, I don't understand why this is happening. And do you think this has come from Marvel? Which we're going to discuss later on. Well, Marvel... Marvel, I think, have pretty much hit... Done. Cause, Marvel cause, have reunited the post credit sting. Yeah, and their post credit things are snappy, aren't they? But we are mm. now coming to expect them. And they are... I mean, some of them do go on a bit. I have seen some... Do that, they? Well, I mean, I, now... You know, I can't bring any to mind, but I'm sure I've seen somewhere it's not just been one, it's been one and then mid-credit sting and then end... Do you know what I mean? Those sorts of So ones. how Marvel do it is they'll normally have a mid credit sting mm-hmm. which sets up the next 
film right. or a film down the line. And then the post credit thing is a bit more of a joke. Okay. Um, or settling what a character did or mm-hmm. revisiting a scene from earlier in the film. This was just the continuation of a character's arc mm. that made significant progress. Um, but yeah, it would... Did it? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, did it? Did it make significant progress? Mm. I'm not even convinced about that. I think it was just something else to throw to throw in there. <laughs> Can we move on from Westworld? Yeah, is it I making you really sad? I feel really sad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we also finished this week. Uh, save Me. Yay, Save Me too. This was a really, really strong season. Yeah. This was, I'm going to, I'm going to be like you and make a over the top statement. I think this is the best television of this year. I'm, I'm marking it out for, I don't think there's going to be anything else on this year that's going to surpass this TV show. Because you haven't watched Better Call Saul. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. But still, I'm still calling it. Okay. Um, it's just superb. You're stronger on it than me then. Mm. There was a bit of a lull throughout the middle of this season. And I think the but the end of the season was just... The last three episodes were absolutely superb. I um, don't think there was a lull at all. I thought you... And I've heard other people say the last three episodes are where it really... And it does. It, it ramps up mm. there. I don't think there was a lot. I think it was steady all the way through. I think it does it a disservice to sort of really concentrate on the last three episodes, although I I agree that that's where most of the scenes that stay with me have come from. Mm. But you've got to have that build. You've got to have that drip, drip, drip effect, particularly with certain characters where we see them in situations and we just don't quite know what they're up to. Okay. I don't think there was a drip, drip, drip effect. I think there was a drip, drip. Okay. Drip, drip, drip effect. Okay. Um, but yeah, we, we will. Disagree. Yeah, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> but still brilliant. One. Yeah. Don't Should get me we? wrong. Yeah. Loved it. Give Lenny James all <gasps> the BAFTAs. Give him everything. Uh, the writing. Um, I mean, the cast in this is absolutely superb. And you've got the addition of Leslie Manville um, comes into this. Um, the character of Grace has a really good arc this season. Yeah, I mean, the. Um... The woman playing Grace mm. again, give her all the all the plaudits yeah. because she has a very difficult character to play. A traumatized character. There's, there's lots of traumatized people yeah. in this show, but she's really showing showing trauma. I mean, there were points where we couldn't look at the TV. Yeah, it's almost anxiety inducing at points. We sit and bite our nails yeah. when we're watching it. There are points where I have to look at my phone because mm. I can't. Give yeah. 100% to what's on screen. Yeah. It's almost like looking away in the middle of a tense tragedy or whatever. Mm, yeah, the the world building in this is just superb. Mm. Just You believe every single person. You believe where they're living, the production design. You don't even feel like it's a production. You just no. feel you're on an estate. Yeah. It's just superb. I cannot recommend it enough. It's so hard hitting. Mm. You've got to put that warning in there. I think we did on our earlier yeah. um, review of it when we'd watched, you know, a couple of episodes. You've you've got to say that there are some incredibly difficult themes that are explored in great detail. I mean, really great detail mm. in this show. But it's just the most fantastic mm. production and. I think a lot of people have talked about Lenny James in terms of him writing it and his character of Nellie Rowe, which you know one of the one of the greatest. All so Shakespearean in in his in his writing and his 
One um, of the greatest. What? One of the greatest what? what? I'm waiting for you to finish that because I got uh, I got pulled up on calling <laughs> one, <laughs> one, of the one of the greatest. Characters. I'm just waiting for yeah. you to finish. All right, yeah. Well, he is. He is one of the greatest characters that's been written for for television. Well. Yeah, I know. I know. But I, yeah. I was okay. so mocked that an episode was named after him. <laughs> so, uh... But my point is, I think he's getting lots of plaudits, but the direction... Not many people are talking about that direction. I think the direction really makes this show. There was there was a particular moment in the um, the in the last three episodes in particular. I know we're talking about the last three quite a lot, but mm. in those last three, there were a couple of moments actually where I'm, I'm thinking about it now. There were a couple of moments where the editing and the direction led you to think one way and maybe another, and really kept you on on you know the, the yeah. balls at your feet. Really, were you just sitting there? Um, and that's down to Koki Gedroit, mm. who I know from a really early Tom Hardy performance in, like a, you... in a period drama from the early 2000s Sounds called like The Virgin Blake Queen. clearing his throat. Yeah, I know. I've tried to say it in the, in the, the best way. Do you know she's a lady as well? She's married to a baronet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I think Koki Gedroit is um, an unsung hero here. Absolutely. We're guessing that mm. there is going to be a third season. There must be. There must be. Because you've spotted something that yeah. I don't think... I'd, I've not seen anyone else mention yeah. at all. So yeah. that definitely sets up We even went back and like checked it out loads of times. And we were like, I said, isn't that... And then we went back and obviously not going to spoil anything, but it def- it was the thing that I thought I was really happened. tempted to tweet out from the... I uh, know, I know. It's, honeymoon period Has anyone else spotted this? And it clearly is the thing that I thought it was. Yeah. But yeah, there, they are, there are threads there. Mm. But I, even if that hadn't occurred, I think there was enough there for the story to continue and for us to understand what happened next in these people's lives. Okay. Okay. I've just got one more thing that mm. I've been watching, um, or watched the first episode mm. of, uh, which is Rick and Morty. Yeah, okay. You you pulled a face. I know people love it. You've I not seen a second it. of Rick and Morty, I dare say. I've seen a bit of it. I just don't understand the premise. So, so what do you? Yeah, what do you understand by Rick and well, Morty? Well, it looks like Back to the Future, but not Back to the Future. And is it quite sweary and a bit? Isn't it just South Parky? No. Right. So it was based. It's a parody of Back to the Future. It was based on a short. The two creators, Dan Harmon, who did Community, and Justin Roiland, who did Adventure Time or something like that. They, Justin Roiland, did a short for just put it out there in the world, which was a and a Back to the Future animated adventure. It was very adult, very, mm-hmm. very tongue in cheek, and I think they had a podcast together. And they were sort of working through these ideas and decided to, got an offer to make a cartoon of it. Obviously, couldn't make it a Back to the Future cartoon, especially not with the premise. So Doc becomes Rick, Marty becomes Morty. Instead of a time machine, they have a portal gun, which leads through to an alternate dimension. I don't understand how it has become such a crossover hit. It is the least middle-of-the-road show I've ever seen. It is at one time really broad... And you have jokes that you'd roll your eyes if you saw them on Mrs. Brown's Boys. But that is blended with very, very high concept, high brow, multi-dimension storylines that sometimes 
I'm I'm watching it and I'm going, I have no idea what's going on here. And then it all just sort of clicks into place. Um, it's had its problems in that the success has meant it's almost become a counterculture hit. Um, and it's really had problems with, to- with a toxic fan base. They brought in a more diverse writing cast in season three and a lot of the fan base rebelled against a perceived lack in quality because they brought in women. And oh, the and the, you're the creators you're really selling this yeah thing. the creators have come out and said well they're idiots because they have no idea how mm. things worked and they will bait them on the TV show so anyway it's it came back for a five season uh, sorry came back for a five episode run for Christmas and this is the first episode back I can't tell you what happened <laughs> it, this is the most meta episode I've ever seen. Basically, and it's not, I don't think it's necessarily a spoiler, it deals with every single type of narrative device that a writer would use to, and it cuts away to flashbacks, it cuts away to sideways, it cuts into stories within a story, with framing devices and stuff like that. If you look online now, people are saying, what the hell is, what the hell was that? But it was ultimately really entertaining because I think sometimes you just need to not leave your brain at the door but just be allow allow yourself to be taken on the ride and just trust that they know where they're going also interestingly the first time in a tv show I've ever seen a direct reference to the coronavirus case oh okay I don't think that's necessarily a spoiler but Mm. yeah um they've obviously because there's no way they can have this in the can already because it's South Park, with the way it's animated, can just do a coronavirus yeah. episode. This doesn't. So clearly they've recorded some audience, like that, but that definitely hit me like, oh, wow, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd, you would never like this show. No, it, you'd lose me at adult version of Back to the Future because that, to me, is sacrilege. <laughs> um, I'm never going to go with it from that point on. And you mm. know like my history with, like I've never watched The Simpsons. I've only had it on in the background when you've, sort of had it on because it runs and repeats forever doesn't it? it it's never been my bag the whole cartoon thing i'm not rubbishing that i know so for some people it really really works but it's just never been my thing i much prefer as i was saying this afternoon you said oh it's your favorite genre and i went oh historical drama and you were like no <laughs> so, yeah that's that's my go-to mm. so this is going to be quite far away and you know me and comedy like me and comedy are not friends it sounds like something you could really get your head into yeah it sounds like something you could like you say you could leave your brain at the door and you could just watch it or you could sit on reddit for hours doing screenshots of the different especially taking this episode the different genres and you oh know, yeah top I mean, 10 things that you might have missed some of the animation is stunning mm. and they have characters that come back that have been in four episodes in season two or one episode and then just come back in a in a cloaked emperor style um because they're getting revenge um i feel like i want to start going into what they do which would be a spoilers and b you would just roll your eyes and cut it all edit it all out (laughs) (laughs) i'm not that bad but i yeah i totally enjoy rick and morty good It, it is somewhat of a guilty pleasure i roll my eyes whenever I see someone who I disagree with wearing a Rick and Morty sweatshirt but <laughs> or with a Rick and Morty avatar <laughs> but it is what it is and it is entertaining 
Good. Well, I'm glad you've got something different to watch as well, particularly mm. after the rigmarole that was Westworld. Yeah, it's a nice palette. Was it a so. nice, yeah. yeah. I, I thought that might be the case. It does feel very refreshing <laughs> to, to end on that. Mm. Hey, I'm, I'm, I was sad, I was happy, and then I've listened to your rigmarole. It's now date night. It is date night. Let's go watch Iron Man 3. And what a weird thing to do. <laughs> Stark. I build neat stuff. I got a great girl. And occasionally save the world. So why can't I sleep? You elected me on a single platform. I will defend this country at all costs. The Mandarin must be stopped. You don't know who I am. You'll never see me coming. What are you going to do about these attacks? The whole world's gonna be watching. The question, where is Tony Stark? Things are different now. I have to protect the one thing that I can't live without. That's you. Mr. Stark. Today is the first day of what's left of your life. Go! I'm gonna offer a choice. Do you want an empty life or a meaningful death? You're not a man. You're nothing more than a maniac. I'm not afraid of you. No politics here. Just good old-fashioned revenge. have a suit do we have a massive house with many floors including a basement where you go and tinker with if you have your way we will what do you mean with all your home improvement (laughs) shows do you mean by that (laughs) yeah i'm a bit obsessed with the home improvement shows um will you think badly of me if having made you watch Waterworld, which lasted 10 hours i start by saying Iron Man 3, a little bit long. I think it could have 20 minutes cut off. Yeah, I think so as well. I think it it was shorter than Waterworld. Yes. And it felt shorter than Waterworld. Yes. Tight. I think towards the end, I was thinking, this really needed to be trimmed. Yeah. In um, order to be more punchy. I think most Marvel films could do with... A good pair of scissors. Yeah, yeah. Them. Some, some of them are much, much worse mm. than this. But if I then go on to say that's probably my only complaint wow. about Iron Man 3, would wow. that set the scene for you a little bit? That's impressive. Could you just go, could we go back a bit? Yeah. Because last week you were telling me about Iron Man 3 and Thor Dark World. Yes. And I have to be a bit honest here. 
probably wasn't listening <laughs> as much as I should be. I can't really have got... You said something about the internet was going a bit mad. Like, Twitter was going a bit mad about whether Thor The Dark World was the worst sequel and Iron Man 3. Was that... Am I, am I remembering it right? Right. A website, comic... Look, it's alive. <laughs> it's alive. The AI that is Google. It's our Jarvis. <laughs> yes. It's our own Jarvis. Right, go on, carry on. So a website, Comic Book Now. Um, a website, called, Comic Book, oh, called right, okay. Comic Book Now. Right. So it's a well-respected site. It's got 250,000 Twitter followers. Okay, so I published an article, end of March. Marvel fans are arguing whether Iron Man 3 or Thor 2 is the worst MCU movie. A lot of people we follow through podcasts and things like that, a lot of the mm. Empire guys, mm-hmm. then circled the wagons around this article. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Hewitt wrote, Iron Man 3 is top five MCU, shut down your website with immediate effect. Um, they covered it in great length on the podcast. Okay. I Whether it's top five, I'm not entirely sure, but I think it's a very strong film. Yeah, I'm nodding. Right, that makes more sense. Mm. It's coming back to me now. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I knew nothing about... Iron Man 3. I don't think I've seen Iron Man 2. I couldn't I, tell you... I wouldn't recommend it. Okay, well, I couldn't tell you what was what <sighs> happened or who was in it, so I don't think I have. I vaguely remember the original Iron Man. I think because it gets shown on TV quite a lot now, I catch the beginning of it. Yes. Where he's, he's been captured and he's forced to make something with another guy and then he, he makes the suit. That's The other guy my... who's in this film. Right, I think, is he the scientist that he meets at the beginning? Yeah, because in Iron Man 1, he mentions, oh, we once met in a conference in um, Switzerland. In Switzerland. Okay, shall we we, we also pause there and say, (laughs) there's not going to be any spoilers for Iron Man 3? No. Or are we going to spoil it? Yeah, let's spoil it. Are we? Yeah, because I think half the fun in this lies with the plot twists and things like that. Certainly one in particular. It's... This film is now seven years old. I think the moratorium on spoilers. Yeah, twenty thirteen. This was in the MCU canon. This was the film they released after Avengers. Okay, right. So spoilers for Iron Man three. Spoilers for Iron Man three and quite a lot of Marvel movies. Yeah, if if you haven't seen the latest Marvels, then beware. (laughs) Latest Marvels. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Because it does tie in with a very recent Marvel movie. So this was written and directed by Shane Black. I don't know who that is. Okay. Shane Black was an actor in the 80s. Was he? Yes, he was in Predator. I've seen that. Yes. You made me watch it. Yeah, yeah. In an early, a pilot edition of this (laughs) podcast five years ago. Let's have a lovely night in. What do you want to watch, Mark? I'd love to watch Predator with you, Elaine. I love Predator. Yeah, it was good. So... And then he made his name as a writer. He wrote the original Lethal Weapon movie. Again, not seen him. Okay. Um, Please don't make me watch Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon's... Lethal Weapon's quite good. Lethal Weapon's quite dark, the original one. Okay. It kind of lost it for the subsequent ones. But okay. yeah, this isn't a Lethal Weapon podcast. He then did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. But did that have Downey Jr. in? That was kind of his... Comeback. Re- comeback yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that rings a bell. And obviously... When John Favreau directed the first two Iron Man films, um, I think that it was probably mutually beneficial for him to Robert Downey Jr. to say, "Oh, I know someone," um, and he's gone on. He's had a couple of misfires. 
um, I think since this film, he did The Nice Guys. Mm, we watched. Yeah. It's Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. It's kind of a period... Did we watch that? Private Eyes. Yeah, we did. Did we? Yeah. I don't remember that at all. Okay. I'll show you the post. Yeah, I, I, yeah, well, I'm exaggerating. Mm. I, do, I do remember, yeah. but I don't remember the film. I, I remember the sort of the two of them together looking slightly periody. Yes. Yeah. Like of its time. And then a couple of years ago, wrote the Predator, and directed. Oh, so the I remake of Predator, or was it a sequel? I don't. I've not seen it. Okay. So I think it's the, a the continuation. Yeah, yeah. I think it is as well. Now I'm it's thinking Predator, about Predator, Predator Two, Predators. Yeah. There's a lot of Predator and in this podcast today. The Predator. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it was him so, coming back. So action. Yeah, he's an action, and I think one of the things that comes in this film is. There are a lot of scenes which hark back to Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times where um, Iron Man and War Machine mm-hmm. are going around without their suits is very much buddy mm-hmm. cop comedy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so go, let's go on to the cast. So you okay. knew of Gwyneth Paltrow, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, that's it. And obviously knew John Favreau would pop up at some point in time, but that's yes. only because we've watched Spider-Man Far from no far homecoming. From home. It was homecoming, wasn't it? It no. was far from home. Okay, it's all got home in it. What's his home business? Um, yeah, watched that like a few weeks ago, didn't I? When I was just sort of pottering about the house yes. when it came on Sky. Um, so I saw him then, and he had a bigger role in that film than I think I've ever seen yes. him in. But I haven't seen all the Marvels, so mm, yeah. okay. Well, so he's, give it time. he's in it. He's in it. Long enough timeline of this podcast. I'm sure we'll get there. Yeah, I'm sure you will. So yeah, I knew he was in it. That's that's it. Um, I was really surprised to see Guy Pierce like strolling in his little costume and like his little funny walk. Because, Mike's you certainly know, come far since. Oh, I mean, staying in Des and Daphne's the bare room. I know. I was like, I was like, can we name the podcast after him? Because we've already got an episode with Harold Bishop in. Can we go full neighbours? Go on, go on, go on. I mean, all we need now is like you know Stephen Dennis to walk out on, on another film, and then we can look. Get the whole crew together. Um, yeah, I, it was really fun to see Guy Pierce. Why are you still laughing? Are you laughing at my joke? I'm, yeah, I'm just thinking of other neighbours characters jokes. that could be on there. Oh, that's why. You're not actually laughing at my joke. You're just trying to think of other neighbours characters. Greg McLaughlin and... Uh... <laughs> and the, oh, no, see, I'm going to go down a, a hole here, but um, can, then we can play, you know, Mona, his his hit single. That'll be the, the, end, the finishing the music. Cr- yeah. Yeah. yeah, we should move on quickly. Maybe we should do a neighbours podcast. Um... So Guy Pierce, I loved the fact that Rebecca Hall popped up. Yes. Although I felt she was a little underserved. Do you know anything about Rebecca Hall? What, what have you seen her in? I've seen her in Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Mm-hmm. I've seen her in The Town. I've seen her in The Prestige. Mm-hmm. I've seen She's her a in. Really interesting actress. I really like her. Yeah, um, really. There's interesting. something. There's something about her that yeah. I really yeah. quite drawn to yeah and i'm not really sure what it is mm. Even the first time i saw i think the first thing i saw her in was vicky christina barcelona mm. have you seen that no. no it's a it's now on film i think yeah. they're kind of tainted now but she oh she was also in transcendence as well of course she was yes <laughs> and um, that was a film yes yeah i remember yeah. that date night actual physical date night uh, going to the pictures yeah i found her quite alluring as an actress mm. i don't know what it is she's not really done much recently i don't think but i can't think of anything nothing springs to mind the reason i know her is hang on a minute you're looking excited have you found something on your phone she was in holmes and watson 
Oh no. She might have been there when we saw that she being wa- filmed. She wasn't there. She wasn't there. So uh, rewind back a few years when we were staying in London and we went for a walk around the Tower of London late yes. at night and they were filming around the Tower of London, which features quite heavily in Holmes and Watson, doesn't it? I've not seen it. Well, I think it was on um, it was on the telly a little while. I yeah. caught bits of it to look for the Tower of London scene. Uh, it, was quite, it does feature really quite heavily. And I did think, oh, we were there. Mm. Uh, but Rebecca Hall definitely was not there. But the reason I remember was she was in a BBC drama years ago with Benedict Cumberbatch. And it was all about their relationship. I can't remember what it was called, but it was a period drama. I think it was World War One Because okay. I remember him being in, in that style of uniform. Mm. Um, and it was this really intricate complex relationship piece and you didn't know whether to like her or not to like her and it was very different at the time to have a woman being such a complex character and to not know really where your loyalties lay with her so I've always found her quite an interesting actress and I can't put my finger on it either like I say I think she was underserved in this Uh, I think so yeah Mm. I I don't think that's unfair and then in his greatest ever role Sir Ben Kingsley. That this is a absolutely mad role. Yes. I cannot quite put my finger on it. So you didn't know what was coming. Nope. Because I know. it's it's quite a famous twist in a map. Right. Because I was pulling it apart to begin with. Like my brain had gone. I was a. I, I was saying in my own mind, ready for the podcast. I like had this little line ready going when it's a combination of. You know, Osama bin Laden mm. and other people who have been um, quite rightly vilified. But, you know, it's just been like a one person where actually we know that in um, terrorist activities, there are a number of people behind the scenes, there, but you have a figurehead. Yes. So it is a, a combination of that figurehead, but also a very comedic character so almost like a, a cartoonish character with the mandarin mm. mixed with someone very much based in reality and scary as well when i saw the footage that they were pumping out yes. with the scenes that we have seen on the on the tv yeah i found that really quite hard hitting and for the first sort of half of the film and we oh, it's really like two thirds of the way isn't it yeah. where we're thinking of him as this really awful character who is taking lives and a baddie but a very realistic someone who we might see in real life those scenes i found really affecting i thought oh please don't keep playing you know the scenes of people with black bags over their heads being shot indiscriminately i thought oh this is a bit much for me i know this happens in the world i don't particularly need to see this here in as much detail in this kind of film, especially. Yeah, yeah. 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 I found it quite quite affecting. Mm. And I thought, oh, if this is going to carry on, I know the point it's trying to make. Yeah. And I know these things happen in real life and we can't just say, oh, well, I'm just going to close my eyes to that. But it, it wasn't what I anticipated. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't yeah. seen that type of baddie, in inverted commas, in the Marvel films before. Yes. And then... <laughs> and then it just absolutely twisted it on its head yes and all of the com- the comic the cartoonishness yes. made sense mm. ben kingsley's accent which was so weird you know when they were saying oh i know him he was a, a he was a ex i think they tried to make out that he was ex forces or something like that and yeah. um 
Oh, it was, of course, now I get it. It was the, was it the vice president who said that? Yes. So he was actually covering that's it because they never they never alluded to that again mm. yeah because i was thinking right oh he's some um some person from the army who has now turned on america he's, he's revengeful and he's actually an american turned against his own country that makes total sense but and then they never came back to that but of course he was covering the vice president was covering yes. for him but yeah, when that when they found Ben Kingsley, and I didn't really understand it. So he's walking through this mansion, and there are lots of women in state of undress and actually st- state of intoxication as mm. well. It you know it looks like there's beard, there's like long beards, and yeah. thinking, oh right, okay, so maybe they've just dressed him up a little bit, but mm. he is this actual character. And then when Ben Kingsley wakes up from his... Well, comes out of the loo, doesn't he? Yeah. He comes out of the loo and he sort of like jolts out of it and he's carrying like a can of beer. Yeah. And there are two ladies in his bed in underwear, <laughs> you know. And I just this is bizarre. Yeah. And then we what? get the reveal of Trevor what Slattery. Reveal? Trevor Slattery! Mm. It's like football manager, you know, Trevor Slattery. His, his Leo was the talk of Croydon. <laughs> it's... Uh, I mean, Ben Kingsley's having an amazing time there. He's having a great time. and Because it, he gets to play all these different roles. Yeah, and it's you have an Oscar-winning actor mm. who clearly can do the comedic thing, but hasn't done it in recent memory. And he's so funny. Yeah. He's so funny without mm. it being, you know, just throwaway. Yes. He's... And that's it. He's... I think that is the perfect casting... I think the film hinges on that. Mm. If that scene doesn't work, Mm. the film falls apart in my eyes there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think they played it perfectly. And a lot of of the first two acts were me sat there waiting for, I hope she doesn't Uh, know. Yeah, no, I hadn't got a clue. I hadn't got a clue to the point I was getting quite upset. Yes. Like, I was getting a little bit, it Mm. was emotionally testing me. Yeah. uh, Because I thought, oh no, this guy, and then, especially at the point where he kills the person who is, was he, um, is he an architect or an accountant or someone like that? Yeah, the accountant for the uh, oil company. Yeah, which of course, he hasn't, has he? No. Because he's still in the house. And I was really affected by that and I thought, wow, Mm. that's, that's very powerful. Mm. Um, And, true to life as well that there could be a cyber attack and this could this could happen as well as well mm. mm-hmm. so what do you think of the action thought it was fantastic kept my attention all the way through loved the special effects mm. there wasn't anything in there where i thought oh this is a bit clunky it yeah i'm not massive for action i think but... the ending was different to mm-hmm. others because There's you were so like times... an oil tanker yeah so many times we've seen in the middle of a city being thrown about it was slightly different setting it was slightly different yeah it was small it was a smaller ending Mm -hmm. and i think it works perfectly Uh, i mean there is the argument of when there's all this going on why where are the avengers why are the avengers going to help him out i think you have to sort of put that to one side the mm -hmm. same as you do when i was watching spider-man the other day and it's like oh yeah they're all off planet Mm -hmm. right okay are they yeah right and if there was one criticism I'm not sure we need a full half hour of Tony Stark going to Kentucky and hanging out with a small boy. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I think if you if you you could lose ten minutes of that. Yeah, it pulls on the heartstrings, doesn't it? It it pays off at the end where this small boy who's being bullied then receives some gifts at the mm. end from from Tony Stark. Am I right in thinking that this is what? 
the internet found quite funny. I was talking about the internet as if it's a person, but you know yes. what I mean? When the this is spoilers for Avengers Endgame. Yes. When Tony Stark is finally no longer with us. Mm. That there's someone who turns up at his funeral. Yeah. And they said, oh, it's the little boy all grown up. Yeah. Is this who they're talking about? Yes. Right, okay. I went and saw that. Having seen this film probably three or four times, mm-hmm. still didn't have a clue who it was. Right, Had to, okay. Literally, as the, as I'm waiting for the credits to roll past so that I can see the end credit scene. So you might know this as well, if you've been looking this up. Mm. Is he the kid from Jurassic World? Yes, he is. Right, okay. Because sometimes when he was like, you know, when kids are younger and you can't quite work out. And yeah. Yeah, I looked at him and I thought, oh, it's a kid from Jurassic World. And then he would move again and his hair would change. And I thought, oh, maybe it isn't. And it just sort of, little urchins all sort of look the same, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well spotted. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was fine. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. I understand you're like half an hour cut out, but I quite, you know, it. I think the reason it worked for me, not completely, but I, I didn't mind it, was that the dialogue was so sparky between the two of them. Mm. He wasn't being overly emotive with this kid. It was almost a bit P- Peter Parker-esque. There was, you know, that yeah. it was building up to that sort of relationship. There was, yeah, I think it, I think it very much ties into because it was only a couple of films later, mm-hmm. maybe three or four films. No, it's quite a while later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't help you out with this one. Yeah, Spider-Man wouldn't have been part of the MCU at this point, but uh, yeah. But it's... It's, I mean, I don't think we've seen, or we hadn't seen at that point. I mean, I've not seen Ant-Man too, so I don't know. But we hadn't seen him with a younger person, had we? No, probably not. No. Not that I can think so of. So it was something a little bit different. They were probably mm. thinking, well, yeah. who else can he hang out with? Mm. And kids always tell the truth. And, you and, know. and you've got that Shane Black script that mm-hmm. is known to be, he's known for his punchy script. Really punchy. Yeah. The script was just, I mean, you could watch that over and over again and pick up new things. Yeah. The things I was missing all mm. over the shop, the things I had to ask you, what what did he say? Yeah. What was that? And I could probably have done with rewinding it a couple of times because mm. there were just some words that I wasn't catching because it was so quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's my favourite of the Iron Man f- mm-hmm. films, certainly. I can that. There are probably, I can name probably three or four mm-hmm. of the MCU that I would put above it, mm-hmm. just on a personal level. But yeah, I think it's a really strong. Um... There's a huge amount of body horror in yes. this. Did you catch sort of like, I felt there was quite a few Brian De Palma references to you. Do you know Brian De Palma at no, all? of him. Yeah. Okay. So there were there were a few things where I thought, this is very De Palma-esque, particularly Carrie. So you will know Carrie. I know You'll Carrie. Know of the main scenes in Carrie. Yes. There was a scene where one of the women was um, walking through fire and her body jerks in the way that Carrie's does okay. at the end of um, the De Palma film of uh, the Stephen King book Carrie. And I thought that cannot be just, you know, that that's got to be a reference because it was so, so specific. That's interesting. I've never picked that up, up on that, but I'm not as familiar with Carrie mm. as you are. And just general body horror as well. I thought it was really, you know, the, the glowing within, the body exploding. Yeah. I, yeah. I was really, I thought that was a really interesting, rather than here's another big bad that can blow things up and obviously they were they were blowing things up they were blowing themselves up but I don't think they meant to but it wasn't just here's a robot who's going to cause chaos here's some aliens who are going to 
Yeah, it's... They went through... I think after going so big on the Avengers... You've seen the first Avengers. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They went quite big on that. So I think mm. it was certainly needed to come back. And this was followed up, if not directly after, but within a couple, with Captain America the Winter Soldier, mm. which is also quite a toned back film. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've seen the... Win- mm. You've seen The Winter Soldier? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, I definitely have. I've seen it because it, it gets played a lot on the telly. Okay. Mm, you know, that's that's always been my response to these films is, eh, they're <laughs> fine. I've enjoyed this more. I don't know whether it's because we're sat and I'm concentrating, I've got my phone off, yes. and you're asking me to watch it, so I am watching it from mm. the perspective of, you like this film, yeah. so there must be something to it. Mm. And I want to take in and analyse it. So mm. maybe that's the problem with the others is I see them as so throwaway. Mm. And I'm not invested in... I wish I was. I really wish I was. Like, there's some, there's some films I'm so invested in. The Godfather trilogy, Lord of the Rings. You know, there are some major, major franchises that I absolutely love. And I'll watch over and over again and I can repeat them to you and I can tell you little fun facts about them. Marvel, it's just never happened for me. And I'm really sad about that because I think it would be a fun universe to be in. Okay. One thing that I felt a little bit annoyed about Mm. is I don't need superhero Pepper Potts. But the bit that I was getting annoyed about is, oh, here's Pepper Potts lying prone, waiting for someone to come and rescue her. Oh, look, she's fallen through the floor. Oh, here she is lying for someone to come and rescue her. Oh, look, she's fallen through the floor again. Oh, she's she's dead. Now he's angry that she's dead. Thank God the woman got something to do. She's an intelligent woman, right? We know that in the film. She's, hmm. in t- she's running his company. She can she speak to people on an absolute adult level. She's actually has a scene with another woman in this film, which is quite exciting because I don't think she gets to do that very often. I think they are talking about Tony Stark, which kind of takes it away from, you know, I don't think it passes the Bechtel test. But then at the end, it's not that she's a damsel lying on the floor again in a, I mean, she was in a bra, so 10 points taken away for that. But lying on the floor again, looking a bit battered and bruised, and oh, he comes and picks her up and flies her off and takes her to the hospital. At least she got something to do. She got to be part of the action. I know Marvel's history of female Avengers isn't the greatest. No. But I'm happy with Pepper Potts being the CEO of Stark Industries. Well, as long as she can continue being the CEO of Stark Industries and not just be captured by men, maniac men who fancy her and then being rescued. Because all she's doing in this film is playing damsel in distress until she gets to that point. That was my point. Uh, I think she's... Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that because getting your own feminism is not the... Uh, it's not, not a route I'm going to go down it. But it's not, a route, it's not like feminism. It's just saying, oh, come on. Haven't we seen this a million times before where the female is taken... Put in it's just going back to the old sort of fairy stories, isn't it? Woman gets taken, put in a tower, yeah. and traditionally man comes and rescues her. I understand that, but I have I always have a problem in films where the non antagonist is the actual person who cleans everything up. I think it's quite a annoying trope. I don't think she cleans everything up. Well she's I think the one she who just utilizes gives what, the fatal blow. Well, if War Machine had come down 
and done it. I would still his... have the same issues. Would you? Okay, yes. right. It's I can name a like films stay in my mind about mm-hmm. that. Starsky and Hutch, the remake of which one that comes to mind straight away. It's the Snoop Dogg character that ends up yeah finishing off the job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I was I was happy with it, so it's okay. interesting from that perspective because I thought, oh, good, you've given us something to. Do. I mean, it's five minutes at the end of the film, but she, at least she's got something to do other mm. than run away from rocks falling on her. To be fair, she's doing a lot of setups as well. She had been. To, I mean, honestly, why why does she need to be in a bra? Why she does not need to be in a bra? There was no need. It wasn't like they were doing surgery on her stomach or anything like that. There was absolutely no need whatsoever for her to be in that type of clothing. I'm going to rant about this again. <laughs> and then for him to be talking about, oh, you can wear your sports bra around the house. She can wear a sports bra around the house if she wants to anyway. Like, why does she need his permission to do that? Or encouragement. You're looking scared. You don't want to say anything. <laughs> Shall we move I'm, on? <laughs> I'm wondering what joke I can get away with here. <laughs> and I'm thinking silence is the answer. Can we move on to something a little bit more serious? Yes, absolutely. I really enjoyed the film's depiction of post-traumatic stress disorder, which they don't necessarily key right into. They don't say Tony's suffering from PTSD, but the kiddie does say, oh, there's some mention of PTSD in there, or have you got, Mm. you know, something like that. Or he mentions it in those scenes. I thought that was really useful depiction of a superhero that was having panic attacks or having points in their 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 life that where stress was really overtaking them and anxiety they were saying anxiety a lot as well mm. i thought it was really good to see that a superhero can have those issues as well and face those challenges i totally agree um it's not something that stays in my mind that part of the film mm. so Whenever I see it, I'm like kind of. It's always a bit new to me, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think showing there's not. I think it's quite positive mm-hmm. to sh- to show people who are, to all intents and purposes, well, they are a superhero, mm-hmm. um, and show that they still have the same problems as everyone else. Um, they're still affected by trauma as much as everyone else, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that. Obviously, this is marketed very much at kids, yes. um, even if it's not necessarily a kids' film. Yeah. And I hope that that can normalise things. Yeah, I think it I helps. I think we are making a breakthrough on that mm. um, as a, a society, and things like that can help just to normalise it for the next generation. I don't think we would have seen that in the Superman films of the 1970s, for Absolutely example. Absolutely not. Absolutely I really not. don't think we would I don't have. think we'd have seen it in the Batman films of the mid-2000s. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. You don't see Batman having any sort of uh, challenges apart from he's just really angry. His challenges getting out of a hole in the ground <laughs> with Tom Conte and uh... Yeah, I thought it was really good. And I, I love the message that the kid has when... And that's a bit where I think the... the, the I'm just going to call him the kid because I don't even know his name. I can't even remember what the character's name is. It's all right, you don't Into need to look name. it up. No, I do. You don't need to look, need to look it up. But yeah, the, um, he, Tony's like talking to him about the stresses that he has. Harley. Begins with an M. Begins with an M. <laughs> yeah. Har- Harley. Oh, I should have remembered that because I did think at the time, Harley, what a name for a character. Yeah, Tony. <laughs> so Tony's talking to him about the stresses and the kid, Harley, says to him, well, remember when you first introduced me, uh, introduced yourself to me, you said you were the mechanic because mm. that's how he started out or that's at the root of what he is. Yes. He's a mechanic. I might have said engineer, mm. you know, 
that's his base level of what he actually is. That's what he does on a day-to-day basis. He engineers things, he mechanizes things. And the other kid, Harley, says, you know, go back to that. That's what you do. And that really invigorates him. I think that's an amazing uh, piece of advice. You know, when, when you're in trauma, and I know a lot of people who have suffered uh, recent trauma, as you know, yeah, yeah, hello. You're hello. <laughs> uh, but we are keyed into a lot of networks where, um, particularly uh, parents and carers of children who've been in hospital, are talking very openly about PTSD or about um, uh, anxiety and the, the stresses. One of the things that I found really useful when we were in the hospital was to think, well, what, what, what's my key driver in life away from this? And that was writing. Mm. So I finished my, off my PhD in the hospital. Do you remember? I just I remember it well. Yeah, so I, sat I remember by the, rolling my eyes at yeah, you. And, I know, yeah. I know. But you know, sat by the. I had ten things to add, a list of ten things to do. Yeah. And I think the hospital found it quite funny that oh, I was yeah. just sat with one particular consultant that on ward round just went, "Did you know that Blake's mum is trying to do a PhD?" And <laughs> yeah. everyone just went, "Oh, that sounds a bit mad." Um, so yeah, I used to sit there and had my 10 things and it was, you know, even when I was just sitting with him, so I wasn't away from sitting there, but I was writing and I was mm. going back to the thing that really makes me happy. And that if you were to say to me, well, what do you do on a day to day basis? I write. And that really struck a chord with me. I, rem- mm. I remembered all of that when that came up in the film. Mm. So, you know, I suppose you're entirely right. Like I do puzzles when I'm mm-hmm. stress and anxieties mm-hmm. getting to me. Um, yeah, I'm on a 34-day streak on Sparkle at the minute, which probably says a lot about how uh, isolation is bringing me down. And, and you're a problem solver, and yes. that's what you do? Yeah, So absolutely. in your work, in life, you are everyone's agony <laughs> uncle, aren't you? But, oh, and you're able to really speak to people on a, on a very reasonable level mm. and break down a problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You're very good at looking at our house and telling me <laughs> that what I'm wanting to do with the renovation Quit makes absolutely no house. sense. Well, I never thought we'd be getting into um, the grief <laughs> the chat yeah, yeah. Well, on Iron Man, Iron Man 3. It's just, you know what? I wasn't going to mention it. And I thought, actually, that's mm. probably a bit that maybe for other people that doesn't ring a bell with or ring a chord with. But because yeah. it's part of our world at the moment, mm. it actually it did something for me. And that's what I've remembered. So? So, yeah. Question? <laughs> the question. Um. So, yes, I would give this four, st- four stars. I was going three and a half, but I think I'm just going to hit on a round four. I think four is about right. Um, yeah. Oh, thanks. I'd be disappointed if you said three and a half, I'll be perfectly honest. Would you? Yeah, after everything you said. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I suppose so. I, I, suppose I, so. Think it's a, I think it was a step towards a different type of Marvel film in mm-hmm. that, I mean, Thor's got quite a bit of humour in, mm-hmm. but I think this brings ramps up a lot further yeah. and paves the way for Guardians Snappy. of the Galaxy yeah. and Ant-Man yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the action's a lot better than even probably Avengers. I, I prefer the... I think Avengers on a different scale, but mm. I prefer the action in this. You know, sometimes scale doesn't necessarily... Mm. Sometimes size, just, you know... <laughs> it's not always the, the thing, is it? Not, Do you want to cut that? Do you want yeah, me to cut that out? Cut that out. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> So, so I have been 
completely torn about this because I've got so many films that I'd like you to see, but I don't have them on like DVD or Blu-ray or anything like that. And as you know, paying £3.50 for a film that you're probably going to think is like a one-star film, it's just, you know, it's too much for me. But I have I have made a decision. Yes. I'm a little bit scared about this one, I have to be honest. Okay. But I've gone for it on the basis that we've watched Iron Man 3... So I've gone for uh-huh. a three film. I know what it's going to be. Do you? Because I've got yes. two. I have two three films. Okay. Okay. But because I'm missing the ocean so much, and I love the I love the water, as you know from Waterworld. We're going to watch if I can find it on some sort of streaming service because I haven't looked for it yet. We're going to watch Jaws. Three. That is not the film I thought you were going to say. <laughs> Good. Yay! Because I thought you, you were always like, I know exactly which films I'm going I don't know why I've made you sound like Zippy. But yeah, you're always like, I know exactly which films you're going to... You, sometimes you're like, the last thing you say to me at night is, I know the films you know, I know the films. I do. And... Well... Okay, not that. Not that. Um, there is a three. There is a third in a trilogy film that you have been saying for years you want me to watch, and so well, we might get that, to that one. Okay, in, in let's future. let's keep that one. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got that one in my back pocket <laughs> okay. as well. But yeah, I'm missing the water, and also I think I really need to take you back to films that are terrible. Because that seems to be the thing that I bring to the party. So I yeah. think it makes for a more fun podcast. Well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Okay, so let me just talk about this. Yeah. Um. So you are a huge fan of Jaws. Love it. So it's definitely in my top five. Yeah. Um. I'd seen Jaws a couple of times as a kid, and mm. then we, when we got together, you discussed Jaws at me quite a lot. Did I? We went to see Jaws with a live score. Yes. Uh, a few did. years back, yeah. you made me watch Jaws 2. Yeah. All I remember was that there was a slightly tubby bloke who you fancied in it. <laughs> One of the teenagers. Sounds terrible, isn't it? One of the teenagers. It's because when I was a chat, when I was little, when I was younger, because Jaws 2 put ads in a load of teenagers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there was one that was, yeah. Yeah. Is this the one with... the So the only thing I know about Jaws... 3D. Is this one with Michael Caine in? No. You always ask me this. It's not. Michael Caine's in the last one. Oh, sorry. There's a third. There's a fourth one. I think there might be a fifth as well. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. I need to think about that. Because there's a Jaws the Revenge as well. And I don't know whether that's the fourth and final or whether there was another one as well. <sighs> I should know this. I should know my Jaws lore. I'm very, very disappointed. But I am very tired. And he did wake us up at five o'clock this morning. Yes, I know you got up with him. I'm not sitting that look on your face. I'm fine. I realise that, but it's very tiring. So yeah, Jaws 3D, and I'm just pausing for the D. Jaws We're gonna 3D. watch it in 3D. I d- I've never ever seen it in. We've not 3D. got 3D We've TV, not got 3D. so we won't right. be. I'll All tell right. you now. <laughs> yeah, we haven't got any glasses. Yeah. We haven't got a 3D TV either. I don't understand either. how telly works. Yeah, so I've got to find it somewhere. We will find it. We'll find We will. You will yeah. find it for us because yes. you're very good at that. Um, but yeah, we'll find it and that's what we're going to watch. I don't know how long it is before you ask me the running time. Oh, that cannot be longer don't than... Look, don't look up anything about it. Okay. It's, it's fun to... Yeah. Okay, It's fun right. to sort of see where the franchise goes. 
I will look up the running time and I'll tell you it because I know you'll want to know. Okay, that's yes. Right, let's let's go to bed. It's another late one again. Yeah, it's, it's very, my night. It is. It's your night again. Why is it always, Why is it always your night? I know. Yeah, it's your night. Um, so yeah, thank, thanks again, everyone. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this slightly rambly podcast. Um, <laughs> finishing off with Iron Man three, and we'll see you all next week. We'll see you all next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Before you go, just thought we'd mention that you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash the honeymoon pod or twitter.com forward slash the honeymoon pod. From there, you should find all the links you need to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, yay, or your favourite podcatcher. See you next week.